for thanking God for protecting his son. Um, he said, I want to thank God for everything he has done in my life, but especially for what he has done this past week for giving my son Emilio the heart of a lion, adding that God is good. So continue to pray for Emilio so he has a total right, and recovery. And wisdom in his words that we live in. More wisdom than no. Mother 
four, her husband Ranha Rail is seventy-eight, and she delivered twins. Okay. <laughs> she delivered two healthy babies on September fifth, and the pair tried to conceive throughout the marriage until they successfully underwent IVF treatment from a hospital in India. They could have done this. Uh, <laughs> 30 years ago? <laughs> this is bittersweet. The story is bittersweet because the the mother said, due to the grace of God and doctors, I am, or the father said, I am the proud father of two baby girls. He announced hours after his wife, 74, was hailed as the world's oldest new mother following this treatment. We are the happiest couple on earth today, he said, but... Just the day after he collapsed from a heart attack and was taken into con intensive care in the southern state of Andhra Pradesh, the Indian couple had never been caring until successfully undergoing this treatment, and his wife is also in intensive care since the birth of the Okay. 
given to the best new children's illustrator and is, is one of the highest honors in the industry. The author, Jessica Love, won the award by a unanimous vote by the judges. And it's called Julian is a Mermaid. Mm -hmm. And it tells the story about Julian, a young boy who wants to join the Coney Island Mermaid Parade. And then it goes into the story a little bit, but um, okay. All right. so, well, I think that anybody can jump on the bandwagon and draw or come up with something. It's also the, the latest politically correct uh, viewpoint to take, yeah. and people who take those viewpoints to get uh, rewarded for their stand by man. Not that the Lord rewards them, but man, you know. We get the accolades, accolades for people who basically think or don't give God uh, the credit. Yes. And I was reading in the Christian Post about uh, Amazon. So Amazon had received a lot of backlash because uh, they had got a lot of complaints about uh, people's authors that had once probably uh, maybe lived a gay lifestyle. But maybe the, the Lord had brought them out and changed them. And now they're able to put out books to be able to help someone else. But Amazon Amazon got backlash from it, like the LGBT community and other organizations that support the movement told me don't you can't you can't sell, you know, those conversion type books. And so Amazon they took them off. LGBTQ police went after them. Right, and, and, and then they, they acknowledge them and give them that authority over their company. Yeah, and, and yet. Well, you know what's going to happen to Amazon eventually. What? They're going to go down. Yeah. They're gonna, there's going to be a down. Because the Lord says it's always a balance. It's always a balance. And I think as a result of, it, it, I think everything is off balance. It's like right. businesses are closing because of what Amazon does. Stores are closing, um, maybe not just directly as a result of Amazon, but you know, online mm -hmm. ordering and stuff like that. Right. Anyway, moving on. Someone's looking at this article here about fetuses. There were 2,246 fetal remains that were discovered in the home of a doctor in Illinois. What's wrong with him? <laughs> and um, the doctor just died roughly two weeks ago, and the remains were discovered. Where? In the freezer? In the bathtub? I mean, where? Where in the world? Is he when he died December 3rd, and, why, and it was while family members were going to his home that they found the medically preserved fetuses. An attorney for the family was said to have contacted the coroner's office recently about the dis discovery, and it was estimated that he had performed tens of thousands of abortion procedures in multiple Indiana counties for decades, making him likely to be the state's most prolific abortion doctor in history. Now I'm wondering if he kept records as well as the pieces. Well, I think that's one of the problems. There are currently no evidence to suggest abortions were carried out at the property. The doctor has performed abortions at Women's Pavilion in South Bend, Indiana, until his license was suspended in 2016 for failure to exercise
care and violating multiple notice and documentation requirements. The suspension came after a 2014 Indiana, Indiana Department of Health review, which resulted in the clinic being cited for 27 deficiencies. When the clinic failed to submit a plan of correction for those problems, the state filed a complaint and requested a hearing to revoke the clinic's abortion license. Another review was conducted in 2015, during which it was found that the clinic wasn't adhering to the state law that patients needed to give their voluntary and informed consent 18 hours prior to an abortion being performed. The doctor's name is Ulrich Klopfer, and he was allegedly giving out the abortion medication during the initial consultation instead. Following his 2016 hearing, he was 71 at the time, he was given a minimum six-month suspension following 12 hours of testimony and thousands of exhibits. The testimony reportedly indicated that Klopfer had been using the same sort of abortion and sedation procedures that he had used since the 1970s and 80s. Well, he probably felt like he worked then. He said he'd never had a patient die, go on cardiac arrest, in the 43 years that he's been performing abortions. Well, what did he do, just decide to take the fetus home? I don't know why they call it fetus, but he's taking the babies home once he performed the abortion. I mean, that's amazing. As far as filing paperwork, instead of three days, he was required to file paperwork in three days. It took him three to four months to file paperwork. He needed a secretary. So he said at the time, the doctor said, let me put it this way. If there's any question, it's a question about paperwork. It's not a question about any medical malpractice or anything like that. In addition to having his license suspended, he was fined $3,000. At the time of the hearing, he was not practicing medicine and had closed his three abortion clinics in Fort Wayne, Gary, and South Bend, Illinois. Can you imagine being surrounded by death like that? Because that's basically what he did. His house was like, what, a crib? Basically, it was like a crib. A mausoleum full of bones. Wow. So the coroner's office has since taken possession of the fetuses found on his property, and the coroner and state attorney are conducting an ongoing investigation into the remains, and the family is said to be cooperating with authorities. Yeah, I would think. Very surprised. Right. Can you imagine trying to sell the house and you have to give a history of it? Well, oh, this house was owned by a prominent doctor, by the way. There were a lot of babies. Right, dead babies. At least 2,000 that he kept in the home with him. That's like some John Wayne Casey type stuff. Right. That's kind of off. Anyway, Planned Parenthood president was ousted recently after less than a year. And the president of, well, it says the president of the largest abortion provider in the nation has been ousted from her role amid conflict over the direction of the organization and her messaging strategy. Okay. Her name is Leanna Nguyen, and she's the first leader of Planned Parenthood to ever be a medical doctor, and she's been ousted from her role as president of the organization. 
around for eight months, and she didn't even know about it. Somebody tweeted about it, and she didn't even know she was terminated. Wow. Um, when she followed up in a statement and a letter noting that the priority of the board is to double down on abortion advocacy, her priority is to provide health care to undeserved women. And I guess... Undeserved? What does, it, what does it mean by that? Well, I think they took offense to the fact that she wanted health care to the, to the women rather than come out and say, we'll provide abortion. I think oh, you mean as, as an alternative to getting an abortion, she was pushing what? Uh, health care. Health care and, and to keep the child. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I don't get undeserved. That's that me. Sounds like Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> she noticed she was proud of her work and will always stand with the organization. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand what exactly she meant, but I know the Planned Parenthood uh, disagreed with, I, I think, her terminology. Yeah, I guess it's easier. Not about the undeserved women, but, but the fact that she's pushing for health care. Health care, because... I guess Planned Parenthood didn't want it to be known that they can provide health care. That's crazy. I mean, isn't that what the politicians tout Planned Parenthood to be? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they, they try to disguise it, but you know, just uh, to me, just a, it's like the difference between hard porn and soft porn. It's just a, a, a soft way of committing genocide yeah, among the people. Yeah, they're just trying to. Uh, fix it up and dress it up as like you know women's health care, women's reproductive rights. But the bottom line is, you're, you're killing innocent lives. Right. I guess she had philosophical differences stemming around her desire to be to depoliticize the organization and focus on a wide range of policies that do affect women's health. Right. So that sounds like a very good thing. She can shake the dust off of her feet. Right, and keep going. Place. So, anyhow, I wanted to talk about some something, but I don't think that we're going to have time to really finish the discussion. But it's about holding grudges. What I want to know is, holding a grudge, is that a sin? It, it can lead to sin. I don't think you can use this fool to hold grudges. I don't think saints are because if you if you hold a grudge, now to me, and I could be wrong, when a person holds a grudge, there's still a little bit of irritation and anger behind whatever the incident is. And it's not we're not designed to stay angry. That's that's something that's basically contrary to what God expects of us. Alright, so does that mean that uh, if you feel like you have to hold a grudge, and what is holding a grudge? That you just don't want to talk to them, that you're kind of irritated with them? You're, right, you know, and I think it causes the person to respond to them differently, you know, to view them differently. Because you don't want to sit next to them. <laughs> you don't want to Nothing's wrong with that. <laughs> but, but does it mean that you didn't forgive the person? I think in a sense it does. You know, it, it's, it's, it's like the Lord doesn't, when, when he says that he puts our sins in, to the sea of forgetfulness by him being God. He's saying 
he no longer remembers our sins to the extent whereby he judges us according to our iniquity because if he did that, there'd be no hope for us. So he doesn't expect us to have amnesia to forget the incident took place, but he doesn't expect us to be irritated and angry with the person to the point where we can't Well, that's what my next, next question would be is can you forgive someone but you don't forget about what they did? Can you forgive someone and you don't forget what they did and still be irritated with that person? Well, I don't know about being irritated with the person. You don't forget what they did. It causes you you know, to raise that one eyebrow you know, because you just, you might not ever really get to the position where you feel like you can completely, depending on the circumstance, uh, trust the individual to do what you would consider to be the right thing. It might make you more aware of that person and more observant. Right. But it doesn't mean that you feel like the person still should be punished. And I think that's when you hold a grudge. You, feel, you might feel like the person has gotten away with something and somehow they still should pay for something. And what made me bring this up is that I was talking to somebody a while back and out of the clear blue, they brought up something that happened several years ago. And it sounded fresh, like it just happened. You know, and the person was really irritated and went on and on and on about this person and that person, about a situation and how this individual didn't feel supported by others in the church and I mean it was just such a fresh feeling like it you know if you were talking to this person you would say oh when did that happen you would think that it just just happened but it's something that was several years ago and that's what made me think you know can you hold a grudge against a person about a particular thing you, you, you can, but I don't think it's within God's will. Yeah, I would also think, too, for an example, like the September 11th attacks. You know, every year, like this past um, September 11th, they, they, remember, they remember what happened, what took place. They remember the lives that have been lost. Now, you people never, they say, we'll never forget. We'll never forget that. But I think it comes a time where you, you have to forgive. You have to you have to forgive because it's the godly thing to do. Because he said, if you don't forgive others, then I can't forgive you. And um, and it's a whole lot of tragic events that um, people never forget. And I think that we should, and the world has this view of God forgives, but I don't. But we can't have that. Thank we can't have that. Because I don't know if people really, right, I don't know if they realize what it means to forgive. It doesn't mean that you just uh, ignore the fact that the person did wrong. It's not saying that. It's not saying that the person was justified. It's not saying that you justify the person either. Sometimes the person didn't do wrong. You know, it's a perception on a person's part. It's a perception. They perceive that person did them wrong. And no matter what, like in this situation, no matter what a person would say, they don't believe it. You right. know, they believe what they feel, not what the truth is. Right, but but if they hold to that, see, the Lord, we're not designed to hold to those type of things. Like that, not not in that type of a 
fear becomes the kind of stuff that eat, eat away at us. You know, those type of, of, of negative, bitter uh, feelings. Well, I think we're going to have to stop right here. Praise <laughs> the Lord. And let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from 1 John 4 and 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And God in him. Now ain't God all right. God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was the mountain gets like what? And the little hills like what? And the answer is like rams and lambs. And the answer can be found in Psalms 114. Verse 6, ye mountains that ye skip like rams, and ye little hills like lambs. 